welcome to another edition of Raider Golf, the podcast. Now, we have just completed round four of the Serengeti Pro-Am Invitational. A lot of you thinking, okay, so you've finished the tournament. Not quite, because it is a five-round event. It is the fourth event on the Sunshine Tour 2021. And uh, we are seated outside at this magnificent course. Full disclosure, I'm a member, so I'm going to be completely biased throughout the show. But I don't really need to be, Ty, because... I mean, it just speaks for itself, this place. Yeah, good afternoon, Derek. Yeah, look, I'm not a member, so uh, I can tell you, not being a member here, this is a magnificent golf course. It is a course that, if you're a pro, it can reward you, but if you're an amateur, it can both reward you and keep you in the game, as, as well as test you to the maximum. So it gives you a little bit of both. It's got great scenery. It's got uh, outstanding views. And, and I tell you what, when you fly back into Joburg, which I used to do a lot of, uh, there is no better sight than when you fly over Serengeti and you see those uh, manicured fairways and greens and you know some home. It's it's amazing. Someone so, told me about Serengeti, the beauty of it, being in Joburg. It's far but close enough because you still feel like you're taking a bit of a trip outside of Johannesburg, but not far enough that it's going to take an entire day. I mean, it takes you, what, 40 minutes to get uh, here from where I am, a little bit closer from your side. But yeah, it does feel like a world away from wherever you're coming from, and you treat it as if you have come on a five-star holiday. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you just think of location, you're not far from Oatambo, you're not far from uh, Kempton Park or Timbisa, but it feels a world's apart from from those areas. It's uh, you know we have uh, Oatambo is called a world-class African city, and it could really be used right here for Serengeti. This is a world-class African golf course. Okay, so. We've blown enough smoke <laughs> at uh, the GM's ass, <laughs> but let's just bring him in. Uh, Mark Renwick, you have done an outstanding job at this place. Uh, I know we keep on singing its praises, but rightly so. Like I said at the beginning, that this place is spectacular. Yeah, gents, welcome to Serengeti. Always a pleasure to have you guys here. Yeah, we, um, we're very fortunate, or well, I'm very fortunate to walk through these doors every day and, and call it my own home and, and the place where I get to welcome guys like yourself. And for this week, uh, we're fortunate to have the Sunshine Tour here and the fourth edition of the Serengeti Prime Invitational. Having a look at some of the scores that the guys uh, took out, uh, Yaka Ellis currently leading. Of course, when you hear this, we would have already uh, decided on the winner. But uh, Ellis, uh, 12 under par uh, through his four rounds so far, four under today. But what's interesting, Mark, is that it's only the third time that they're playing on this course. It's the Jack Nicholas design signature course because yesterday... They got to taste Whistling Thorn, which is without doubt the best par three course in the country and of the best in the world. I know you're going to agree. Ty, firstly, you have to agree. No, I mean, look, I have to agree. I I think best is sometimes a a strong word that I would use because it's definitely the most beautiful. But it's, uh, you know, as a a hack golfer, you often play a par three and say, this is my chance for a birdie. Uh, Whistling Thorn doesn't give you too many of those, um, but it is an outstanding course. I remember the first time uh, Derek invited me to play Whistling Thorn. I remember playing and thinking, oh, it's a par three, it's a mash. I don't need to bring all my clubs. I was wrong. Um, you need your clubs. I mean, I think it's the, the one that's about 230, and I can, I, I'm not a big driver, so it's, it's driver range for me, and into wind, I have to uh, drive a pitching wedge onto the green, so... It's, it's a fantastic different challenge, and unlike other par 3 courses, uh, A, it's 18 holes, and B, it's not a mashy. It's an actual golf course. It is a challenging golf course, um, and it's a, a challenge that everybody should try. So, Mark, Ty found that out the hard way. How did the pros find it? Uh, of course, there were a few that would have played it before, but others being met with the opportunity to play a par 3 course, and I put those words in inverted commas, as Ty alluded to, that wasn't necessarily the case that they found. Yeah, I think across the board for the amateurs who come here and for the pros, it's a unique experience. I think there's no comparable product in, in, from a golf perspective that's out there. So for the pros, it's a it's a tough challenge. If you look at their stats generally on tour, the, the par threes is, is where their stats show less favorably. So I think it was set up fairly. I think there's a lot of bailout uh, for the pros, but you know, on a par three a championship course, you've got to stand up on every tee box and, and make a shot. So it definitely was more challenging for them. One of the most uh, amazing stats that came out of the third round to me was the fact that of the 52-man field, am I correct? Of the 52-man field, only 15 players were under par. And of that, 
Oddly, any were more than one under. Yeah, there were, I think, nine guys who were only one under. <laughs> and shame. Uh, James Dupree, a bit of a mare? Yeah, it's a, tough, it's a tough golf course. I think the approach, maybe in, in hindsight, would have been, you know, you're you going to need to go out there and, and it's a day where you could probably, you're not going to win the tournament, but you're definitely going to lose it. What was the thinking behind having five rounds and including Whistling Thorns? So the par three course, the championship course, it's a, it's a unique product. It's new in South African terms. So it was an opportunity for us to showcase it to a broader audience, uh, having Supersport and, and the tour here. And it was an opportunity. It's a championship golf course. It's, uh, it was an opportunity for the pros to, to really have a full go at it. Um, I think the tour and professional golf as a whole are looking for more innovative ways to showcase golf. And, and I think that par three course with uh, the professional golfers, I think we might see some other tournaments, some other unique formats to, to come in the future. I mean, it's, it's, it also offers you uh, something that is quite interesting itself, uh, the opportunity to do things, and I know it's not quite on that course that you're doing it, but things like the par three challenge uh, that you're doing for the Masters and you know, really cool initiatives that you have here at, um, at Serengeti. What else is there planned that people should be aware of? So from a, a golf point of view, there are there obviously is the championship golf course, the par three. We're quite far down the line in discussions of, of bringing in a high performance element, um, specifically from uh, the, the US and the East. There's a lot of facilities already on the ground. We've got, besides the golf courses, there's world-class practice facilities. There's accommodation. We've uh, got the Cura School involved with us. Um, you know, there's... There's a many aspects that already exist that allow us to unlock such an opportunity. And there's, from, from a lot of the inbound overseas guys that have been here, there's, there's been a lot of interest. So I think that's something that, uh, that for us is a low-hanging fruit, and it, I think it's pretty exciting. And, and another thing that must be exciting, because we're, we're talking about Masters Part 3, there's a man going to be playing at the Masters, South Africa's second highest rank. He's a person that calls Serengeti home. Um, he was posting some really great... Uh, content this week and that is Christian Besaden note uh, he is a, a resident of the golf course and, and he was uh, quite glowing about the condition of the course and having the sunshine tour here yeah Christian's a um, almost the Serengeti's favorite son he's, he's grown up here he's, he's learned a lot of his golf here and it's 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 great for us and for all of South Africa to see him doing so well and we're proud to have him involved here proud to have him as a resident and and also as an ambassador We've dealt with Whistling Thorn. I just want to continue touching on that before we go to the real McCoy, the signature course. And I know it is a unique experience, and I try and encourage people to come and play it because, as we keep on saying, it's not a par three course. Theoretically, it's tough. It's extremely challenging, but it's a great day out. Uh, thank you very much for treating me the other day. I had my birthday around here yeah, for my 40th, and uh, we had uh, eight people come out and play. It was a magnificent experience, as always. But... Uh, I know that you are looking to, to market that to the hills, and, and I can completely understand why, because, as mentioned, there are very few courses like it in SA or the world. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's important because there's nothing comparable to it. Sometimes people will look and say, well, you know, that's one and that's two, and it, it's mm. not. It's left and right. They're two completely different products. You know, the, the guy who wants to go out and play a championship golf course, a traditionalist, will always want that. This is fun with your friends. It's less than three hours. It's, it's gamified. You've got 18 holes of, a, of, of getting a hole in one. We have a four-seater golf cart set up that you get to ride with your, your, your three other mates for full 18 holes. And, and that's, to me, the uniqueness mm. of it. I heard a story, and I don't know if I'm throwing you under the bus, but I heard that there was talk at one stage of having a a mobile bar kind of setup. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> when we sat in the in the beginning of brainstorming, it one of the um, you know the, the key aspects was without stating the obvious was fun. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of times when you arrive at a golf course, you get told about all the things you can't do, and uh, you know, and try and unlocking and uh, those those um, barriers, we were like, well, what can we do? And you know, guys want to they have a tough week at work. You know, tough, tough time at home, and they want to get out and just have a, a couple hours with their mates. Or, so we were looking at a variety of things. Oh man, I, I think it's great. Uh, one of the greatest days that I've enjoyed on a golf course was out here. The one day we played 36 holes, we did 18 on the big one on the signature. Uh, 
came to the 19th, had a few beers, and then we went out to play Whistling Thorn. And by then, we had a, a lot more beers out on the course. It was, it was a great day out. And then by then, once we got out there, we just uh, paired up and we played... Um, uh, uh, what's it? Uh, alternate shot. Uh, but really, really great. And yeah, we've done about Whistling Thorn. Make sure you come to it. But let's talk about the big guy, Jack Nicholas, the signature course. Uh, again, outstanding. Yeah, I think it's it's a, um, without being biased, it's a fantastic layout. I think the par threes are really strong. The par fives, there's a lot of risk and reward. Uh, for quite a flat terrain, I think there's a lot of memorability in, in the course. And I think for a week like, like this week, there's a lot of length to, that you can put onto this course to make it a proper test for the, for the pros. I was going to say that your normal setup for the, the average uh, golfer, the, the everyday hack, uh, there are a few holes where you're quite generous on the tee boxes and, and obviously that keeps it quite interesting. Um, and that was going to be my question. Have you extended to use the full length available for the pros? 100%. And I think with a game at where it is at the moment and there's so much emphasis on power, even off, off the back, which is over 7,000 metres, you know, the guys are still you know, reaching some of the par fives in, uh, in two shots. It, it's a, if you look at the previous tournaments over the last couple of weeks, you know, the, the, the cut was only one under, which I think is, is indicative of the type of test it, it has been this week. Yeah, and, and obviously you talk about uh, the length of men and, and the, the power game, and obviously we've got the talk of Bryson doesn't go away because as long as he's competing, people are going to talk. But uh, here in South Africa, we have, and, and his name has been brought up, we obviously have Vulcan Minaba, but we also have James Hart, who can hit a ball a very long way. Now, now we've seen that it didn't help him on the par three course yesterday. But have you been able to see him smash any of these drives? It, it's, it's, it's not actually something you can, um, <laughs> can articulate to somebody because it's a different noise off the club face. You know, it's not, it's not the same swing as a Deshamba where, where he looks like he wants to eat the ball. Um, it, it's, it's majestic, but it's just a different sound, different, uh, you know, different type of, of shot. And, and obviously, if we're going to talk par fives, there's a sp- certain hole that oh. uh, you know, we would always talk about here, and that's the signature hole. And, and Derek absolutely adores that signature hole. I, uh, I have less love for it because um, I think it is a majestic hole, but one day I'm going to get onto the green uh, before I've used my five shots already. Um, <laughs> I go swimming quite often there, but I mean, the eighth is, is just an amazing experience to you. Yeah, 100%. And I think it's, like I said, the par fives are a lot of risk and reward. And that, that hole just 100% typifies that. You can uh, take the water on off your drive, risk and reward. Generally, with a good drive, if you, you're somewhere between 160 and 180 for the, the mere mortal. And uh, there's just no way, even if it's a 1 in 20 shot, you, you, we know as amateurs we're going to give it a go. And, uh, I mean, that's the, the lure of, of bringing us back every week. Yeah, for the, for the uninitiated, though, just to explain, you've got that island green. It is a par five. Looking at through Yako Ellis's uh, scores on the eighth, uh, who is currently leading after four rounds, but three, obviously, on the signature. Uh, birdie the first time, uh, but rounds two and four, uh, he managed to par it. And, I mean, for, for me, a par would be an absolute dream. I know that you have managed to eagle it before. <laughs> what do they say? Even a blind squirrel. <laughs> but that particular day, exactly like I was saying, I, I, I think I had a pretty terrible drive at 220 in into a breeze and I, I, I almost had my American caddy standing next to me, you know, talking through I was going to hit a little cut off the wind. And, you know, anyway, like I said, even a blind squirrel. <laughs> ah, that, that takes some skill. Joining us now is a man who was here for episode one and it's a man who needs no introduction, but of course we're going to do it anyway. Uh, Richard Maspero. Uh, oh, Richard, Mr. Maspera now, I remember. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, yeah, a fabulous job as always. Uh, how have you done on that uh, par 5 eighth? I'm a little disappointed that you actually brought that up. Um, I've played here in a medal round before and oh. I have registered double figures oh. on that hole. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't have an eagle there like Mark. Um, <laughs> I've made a couple of birdies and I have got the hole back, but I have terrible <laughs> memories of uh, ten on that hole. So I, I must tell you, when you say medal, it, it's it's ironic because the eighth eighth is the one you get uh, all perked up for. If you get it over and onto the green, you're pretty happy. And then you you finish the the nine with the ninth, and you're like, oh, easy par three. <laughs> There's nothing easy about that par three. It looks like it should be. I know. But if I was playing middle, that's a ten for me sometimes because <laughs> I don't know. I, my ability to find water there 
if there's ever a drought, call me and I will find the water for you. But you know, that's the thing, because the other day when we were playing it and, and someone responded to me on Twitter, they go, oh, watch out for that ninth hole. So I said, no, oh, I think you mean the eighth. They go, no, the ninth, the par three. And I said, man, it, look, it's just a par three. You can see it. And exactly the same. You've got that little stream on the left, which suddenly looks like the Nile. Um, and I don't think I played with a group with a four ball that's found the green uh, from the tee. And, and I played you a lot. Uh, look, I play with rubbish players. <laughs> so that also explains a lot. But uh, what is it about that, 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 that ninth hole? Yeah, I think Jack has been great with the design on the par threes. They really, I think, strong holes and they stretch quite long. Um, and you'll find a lot of, from a design point of view, you'll find bailout is always short right. And, and the visual, like the water in this case, is always left. Mm. So it, it's more of the, the visual intimidation. Um, but yeah, I think great, great, great par three on this course. Uh, it, it really is a beautiful, beautiful setup. And, and Jack has done a sterling job. Rich, what have you made uh, of it yourself in terms of the Sunshine Tour coverage? Pros perspective, how has it been? Yeah, the pros have uh, a bit tested today. Um, not as low scoring as we saw in the first couple of rounds. Saw a couple of 64s in rounds one and two, but uh, today was very, very different. Conditions obviously a little trickier. Things are drying out as well. Greens are getting slick. It's becoming a, a true test of golf. Um, but yesterday was, uh, was the one that really got my attention. Um, I'd, I'd been following that from uh, a ways back, just seeing how everyone was going to approach that. And in chatting to some of the guys, some thought, oh, I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to get there. You know, it's 18 par threes. How tough can it be? And uh, we found out yesterday exactly how tough it can be. Um, but Whistling Thorns to me was uh, an absolute delight yesterday to watch these guys get around there. 15 out of 52 golfers managed around under par. That is phenomenal. And, and I mean, in terms of having a five-round golf tournament, it also adds an interesting dynamic. Do you, do you, does it affect the pros in quite a, a mental way? Yeah, look, it's been a, a tough run for them. Uh, they've come off three events prior to this. Uh, they had one day off, assuming they made the cut last week. And uh, Monday was a bit of a rest day. Come and, come and hit a few balls here and, and have a little look at things. And then Tuesday, it's go time. It was nice to have an off day, but most of them used that to, once again, hit a few balls and, and have a look at, uh, at Whistling Thorns and then get going again on, uh, on Friday. So it's been a long week for them. It's been a trying uh, couple of weeks as well. But... Uh, what a way to finish off the run. And uh, for the Sunshine Tour from here, it's a bit of a gap before we head up to Limpopo. Um, you know, Jakob Prince, who obviously the standout golfer in the past uh, three, four weeks. Uh, how much of a, a frustration would it be for guys that it's a month off, or will they actually be quite happy to have a bit of time off? Look, they'll be pleased to have a break, but if you are playing as well as somebody like Jakub Prinzler, you don't want to keep on playing as long as you possibly can. Um, but there's a couple of guys who found a bit of form. MJ Falloon's been playing nicely. Neil Skidikat's been also showing glimpses of, of form, although he hasn't won yet. But um, I think they need a bit of time off and they need to, to be well rested for that stretch. It's a very important stretch of events coming up. Those three co-sanctioned events for them are, are huge. Um, that'll secure playing privileges for them on the Challenge Tour, potentially for the rest of the season. So somewhere else for them to play. It's a, it's a really, really important run of events for them and they'll be, they'll be giving that their all. If I'm not mistaken, I think MJ Fulhun, this used to be his home course for, for a little while. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He, he, ended um, up he in was George. a member here from 2010 to 2014, I think, Mark. That was what he said. Four years he was, he was here. And um, yeah, loved his time here. Yeah, there's no question that it always applies to every course where local knowledge certainly helps. But uh, I think specifically so when it comes to Serengeti. Do you agree? Yeah. Um, I think today was was one of the days we actually saw just how subtle the, the greens are. Um, there's a lot there that you don't always see. There's a lot there today the pros definitely didn't see. I think that's largely due to the fact that, um, that they did speed up a little bit today. Um, but certainly helpful knowing where to go, knowing where to miss. And, and for a lot of these guys, it's good memories that they have as well. Um, we were chatting with JP Stradom earlier on in the week who won the Tour Championship here two years ago. And he said as well, it's, it's just memories. You walk past the spot and you go, oh, I hit this to four feet when last I was here. And, and you sort of recall those things and immediately you're in a better, better frame of mind. And, and, and that's what they draw on. I mean, golf is such a confidence game. For them, it's crucial to have that confidence, to have those good memories in the back of the brain. And if you do know a place well and you do have fond memories, then it certainly does help. And finally, we've got to ask about the pro-am element. 
fact, it took place uh, throughout over the five rounds. Amateurs joining up with pros. How did that come about? What was it like? Yeah, again, a, a unique experience, I think, in, in, the, in South African golf terms. Um, David Nagel, the owner, very much wanted to create an experience where amateurs got the opportunity to walk inside the ropes with a pro, get to, to experience what that's like. And, and through the Calcutta auction, there's also, um, you know, there's, there's some uh, good reward down the line. So great experience. We had a fantastic evening on, on Wednesday, on Wednesday night or what, Thursday night with the, with the pros and the amateurs. And uh, so now the guys are out three days with their pros and it's, it's, the feedback's been incredible. A lot of the guys that have played here, this is the fourth year we're hosting it, a lot of the guys, they, they start, uh, I think, putting money aside and not letting their wives see for, from, uh, from, from early on in the year. <laughs> and, I mean, it, there were some nice touches that greeted the amateurs uh, taking part uh, in this event. Uh, you are showing me a few photos earlier. Yeah, the, uh, part of it is the experience. You know, for us, it's uh, about having a, a, a unique experience, a group of people together. So the guys, when they arrive, they go through, the, or the guys who've won their, their bid and, and are playing, on the morning they arrive, they get put, put through a full fitting experience. This year, uh, we partnered with FJ and Titleist. So from shoes and, and, and shirts, caps, the, the full nine yards, and, and then just an extra little touch today when they walked off, we... Uh, we had all their shoes cleaned and it arrived back to, uh, with their personalised uh, shoe bag. So yeah, just all small touches to, to, to you know, make the guys feel special. Yeah, we speak about those small touches. We got to experience it not too long ago. Myself, Tyron and Richard, uh, Mark didn't because he supplied it all. Uh, when we played the big tournament here, when I was supposed to play Rich, but then I chickened out and then he ended up playing Murray Wine. Uh, and, um, what welcomed us afterwards at that beautiful clubhouse at the locker room, beer on tap, shoes shined, sit around, talk about the, the great round you just had or the, the disastrous one, which would have been my case. It was quite interesting because there was also this guy offering me a massage. <laughs> but I kept saying, Derek, no, don't do that. Not in the change room. <laughs> no, I, I think as, as an amateur golfer, as, as, you know, as people who could do, almost fit into that definition of a hack, you know, yeah, here we are quite spoiled in Gatting. We have a lot of really nice golf courses. Um, Serengeti just raises the bar and when you get the opportunity to experience it you do feel like you're playing in a higher level of class and you feel like you get treated uh, as such and, and it's always a special experience I mean our mate Wade who flew up from Durban said, and I mean he's a member at Durban Country Club which is an absolutely outstanding golf course he said he's never experienced something like this before Yeah I think it's I mean to put it simply it's often it's not what you do it's just how you make somebody feel and I think uh, for all of us, and there's a want of an aspirational life or want to be treated well. And it's, it's when you break it down, it's simple things, but put together, it really creates a, a really great doubt. Uh, absolutely. Well, you know, joining us on the line, I'm going to put him on right now, is JB Creer. JB, how are you doing? Thank you. How are you? Uh, very well, thanks. JB, you've just joined us on the show. Uh, coming straight off a victory at Ibotsi. We are four rounds down here at Serengeti as we head towards the fifth and final round. How have you found it so far? Um, it's actually lovely. Obviously, it's my home course, so I love it. Um, it was a bit tricky on the past three course yesterday. Um, I felt like you know they didn't really give us enough time to, to practice on it, but other than that, it was lovely. Yeah, I know it's your home course. I've got Richard Maspro here with us. And I know Richard went out with you the other day when you are doing a, a couple of practice runs. Who are you playing with? Um, with Lejean, Lejean Lefwaite. Yeah. Yeah. She can play, hey? I think it ended, yeah, ended all golfer. square and then she won on a uh, Ching Chong Chuck. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, I had to let her win, you know. Uh, <laughs> being a gentleman, I can't, I can't beat her. Uh, JV, uh, okay, you, you're coming into here on the back of that victory at Ibotsi. Uh, tell us firstly, what was that experience like? And uh, we've got the three tournament swing before uh, you have a, a little bit of a break. Sorry, four tournament swing, five. Um, it was obviously, obviously, uh, it was a massive breakthrough for me. Um, I haven't been playing that great lately. Um, and to win it, you know, when I literally most needed it, um, it's rewarding to actually make a few parts and pull it through. JB, uh, it's Tyron here. Um, obviously, nice win, but you have tasted big wins before. I mean, the Avanta Masters, obviously one of the highlights. Uh, what's what's the, the, the goal for the next 12 months? Where do you want to be playing? And, uh, 
you know, uh, any tournament you specifically would love to lift the trophy for? Um, obviously, you wanna you wanna win everyone you play in. Obviously, <laughs> otherwise you're not you're not supposed to be here. But um, I think I'll go to I'm going to Japan um, as soon as everything is sorted. But you know, with the whole COVID situation, it's quite tough to plan. You almost have to take it on the chin and just go one week at a time and see where you are. Um, but to win in Japan, I think is probably is probably my next goal. Um, you're gonna, but like us, you, you know? you'd like to do what the Springboks did. Oh yeah, most definitely. I would uh, just want to win more. <laughs> <laughs> well, JB, I know that when you you get there. Um, you will be one of the tallest golfers on the circuit there. So that, that should help you with at least the distance. Um, because, uh, obviously, <laughs> it feels like when I'm there, I can look at them and say, hey, what are you looking at? <laughs> and that's not necessarily something that I can say in any other country. JB, there's an important stretch of tournaments for you guys coming up. Uh, obviously, the uh, three co-sanctioned events towards the end of, of April and, and early into May. Just how important are those events for uh, for the Sunshine Tour golfers getting to uh, compete in a Challenge Tour event in your own backyard? Um, obviously, it's, it's very important, you know, to um, to compete against world-class golfers and especially the Challenge Tour. You know, those guys, they're playing or they're playing um, just as much as, as it costs to play on the European Tour, um, but they're not playing not even a tenth of the prize money. So for them, you know, they, they're extremely good golfers. And for South Africans, um, it's, I think, fantastic to measure up against some of the best in the world and just, you know, to develop golf in South Africa. Um, it's massive. JB, just coming back to Serengeti, we've got the GM with us, Mark Renwick, who you know very, very well. Of course, it's music to his ears when he hears how great the course is playing. And we just got to touch on that whistling thorn aspect as well. I know we've covered it throughout the show. You touched on it at the beginning. But what was that like, throwing a spanner in the works in the middle of four other rounds on a traditional 18-hole uh, course? Um, I think it was obviously it's a good idea. Um the only thing for me, they must have just, you know, had some yardage books, had everything, um, you know, like we did on the big course, just to make it, I almost want to say, just as professional as Serengeti is, because that's, that's the real difference between Serengeti and any other course, it's just more professional. Um, but, you know, Whistling Thorn is it's absolutely world-class. You have to have your game, you have to be on top of it every single shot and with all the runoffs and the slopes on the greens it's it's a beauty of a course um, in my opinion yeah I completely concur I tell you what Mark's face lit up with those words and a massive smile went across from ear to ear even bigger than uh, Dale Hayes' stomach and uh, <laughs> I've got to ask JB finally as we wrap up we do this every time I, I know you're putting I'm putting you on the spot we've got the Raider Golf Awesome Foursome got to ask about your dream four ball that you'd like to play. Who, three other players, uh, non-golfing related or golfing related, doesn't matter. Which other three players, if you could, who would you play with? Um, yes, it is a it is a little bit on the spot. I might go on it. Um, I think I would probably I'll play with Tiger. I'll probably put Tiger in there. Um, maybe someone like Michael Jordan. I think. And then I'm not sure if they played golf back in the Bible days, but I might put um, Uncle Salomo in there. Okay. Because I think it would be phenomenal to, you know, to get his, his wisdom and to ask him a few questions. Because, you know, being a, a Christian and not just that, being someone who likes to learn from people that achieve a lot, you know, to, to um, pick your, your four ball, you want to learn from them. I think he would be the great guy to pick. Yeah, I, I thought and you maybe even David if I can play a fastball, um, just to you know get some experience from him. And, and you, you don't want to add Samson to the mix. I would add. Can I add the whole Bible to the mix? <laughs> I'll. I want to play with everyone. <laughs> we'll give you a group discount to play Serengeti. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm sure. I can speak to Mark and let them play for free. <laughs> yeah, sorted, done. If you can arrange that uh, dream 
28 ball, then uh, all sorted. Uh, just finally, I've got to ask, you said that you played with Tiger. What was that like? It was obviously awesome. You know, Tiger being Tiger, he's got the biggest crowd pool, obviously, I've ever seen. But just his aura and everything around it, it's, it's spectacular to, to have, you know, played with the greatest golfer, arguably. It's freaking awesome. Oh, lovely. Cool. JB Creer, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on your victory over at Ibotsi. And, uh, yeah, we wish you all the best for the final round uh, at Serengeti and, of course, for the rest of the year uh, on the Sunshine Tour. Thank you very much. What a lovely guy and what a worthy winner. And uh, a man who's certainly plied his trade over the years, uh, Rich. And, yeah, the, the, the awards, the rewards keep on coming, and rightly so. A man not big in stature but big of heart. Yeah, plenty of heart and uh, a gutsy performance from him last week at Ibotsi. And how crucial that was as well. Uh, I was telling us afterwards just how his category had slipped on the Sunshine Tour. Wasn't sure about playing privileges. And that victory was massive for him. Absolutely massive for him. He wouldn't have gotten into the uh, co-sanctioned events um, towards the end of April. That would have been a problem for him. He, he really had slid down the, the rankings on, on the Sunshine Tour. And um, huge victory for him. Glad that you, you touched on that because I don't think people realize they sit at home and they see the life of a professional golfer. Uh, they absolutely love the idea of being able to play golf all year round and actually earn money from it. But, of course, it's, it's not always the case. And if you are in the top e- echelon, then it's nice. But anything below that, it, it's a grind. Yeah, it, uh, it can be incredibly tough. Uh, it's a lot of hard work, um, long hours that go into it. I mean, these guys, we just walk past the range now and, and Yaku Alas and James Kingston are hitting balls down there, rounds wrapped up, whatever it is, an hour mm-hmm. and a half, two hours ago. And they're still out there grinding and, and trying to find something in the dirt and you know, trying to, to put it together for a, a push tomorrow. And that's how crucial it is for them. It's, it's hard work, it's long hours, it's dedication, it's commitment, it's... Um, a lot of sacrifice and the rewards aren't always there but uh, when they do come they're great and they can be immense but that is only really for uh, the top tier that uh, they get to experience it like that uh, and before we let Richard go obviously this is a great week for South African golf because uh, the man over in Kenya uh, Donnie Fantona winning the Kenya Savannah or Karen Savannah Classic whatever it's called but gets himself a European card and I don't think I've ever seen such a positive reaction from the whole golf community about him winning. Yeah, he's an unbelievable character, is, is Donny Fantonde. He's an absolute joy to be around, a, a more positive and happy-go-lucky individual you'll be hard-pressed to find. Um, just a wonderful attitude, um, aggressive player, positive player. Um, and he's had a couple of, of close shaves where he's got himself into a position but just hasn't closed out the, the victory and uh, so good to see it yesterday. We were all in the tournament office just around the corner here watching that. And as soon as the, the victory was secured, they were on the radio immediately letting everybody know around the courses. Everyone came in to sign their cards. They were all informed. So it, it was a wonderfully um, festive occasion here. Everybody celebrating in, uh, in Donnie's victory. And, and that's just great to see. There's a great camaraderie amongst the, the golfers on the Sunshine Tour. It's just lovely to be a part of. And, and what a way to do it, though. Yeah, I was going to say, if you haven't, you've got to go watch that putt to, to seal his place in the playoff. Yeah, it was to force the playoff uh, from the fringe, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, yeah, drained it. Yeah, and then to, uh, to go and bag him in the fourth playoff hole to, uh, to hit it stiff and, and, uh, and knock in the putt. It was just it was a phenomenal performance. Just so glad he got over the line. And, of course, that comes on the back of Justin Harding's victory also. And it also comes on the back of a, a couple of interesting uh, plays that took place at the WGC taking place in Texas. Firstly, uh, it wasn't quite uh, what uh, Donnie managed to achieve. Uh, Sergio Garcia nailing an ace to defeat Lee Westwood. Uh, in a in a playoff uh, that was sensational, but then next up, got to ask about and uh, Mark. I'm going to bring you in here as well. I, I don't know if you saw the conversation that took place between. Uh, <laughs> did we have our two friends, Kevin Na? Kevin Na, that's the one. And Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Did you see what happened? Yeah, I saw that happen. And yeah, it's 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 amazing. A bit of perspective because you have Patrick Reed and and how that was perceived, and then you you see what what Na did and. You know, I think uh, Kevin was was actually pretty polite about the whole situation. Yeah, I see you nodding like crazy there, Richard. For the uninitiated, what happened was playing a, a match play, Dustin Johnson missed his putt, so he had inches left, and he picked it up as a gimme. And Kevin Nah could have enforced saying, listen, I didn't concede that. 
I could theoretically win that hole. But he spoke to DJ afterwards and he said, well, look, you know what happened? Just next time, just ask. That's all I'm asking. Obviously, I'm going to give it to you, but just ask. And it's, it's interesting exactly what you're saying, Mark, because I put it out on Twitter and a, a few people agreeing with me and that Patrick Reed skirts with the rules a bit, public enemy number one. Kevin Nah, Rich, goes and enforce, he doesn't enforce the rule because he didn't. He just brought it up and politely reminded his opponent what the rules are. And I actually see quite a few people having a go at Kevin. Yeah, Kevin Nah, by all accounts, is quite a stickler for the rules. Mm-hmm. So that's why he did do that. I think the only issue that people have with what Kevin Nah did is that it maybe shouldn't have happened on international television. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's sort of it. It felt almost like he was dragging DJ into the principal's office. Um, <laughs> so maybe the way he handled it wasn't right, but it does serve to remind us that unless somebody concedes the putt, you can't just help yourself and assume. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with Kevin completely as well. It's, it's good to remind people like DJ that uh, there is a certain decorum to how things are done in match play, and you, you can't just scoop up the ball regardless of how close it is. And in fairness, had Kevin done that to Patrick Reed, we would have said, come on, bro, why are you staying so calm? You need to get more aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> completely uh, yeah that uh, wraps up uh, our guests Richard and Mark Mark congratulations on our outstanding job again uh, I hope to be back here next week to kind of shoot my 110 uh, and uh, and Rich uh, yeah congratulations as always and Eric what about yeah. the back nine are you only going to play nine uh, no I'm whistling thorn oh, okay. <laughs> that's my 110 and whistling thorn um and Rich, again, congratulations on a sterling job. Actually, funny enough, when we were walking here, Mark was saying what a good job you did with the inserts, not just the commentary side of things. We also had, uh, who made a pizza just down the road? Yeah, Jake Ruiz and, and Chef Shane at Mozafiato. Um, that's another thing. If, if, you, uh, if you come to Serengeti for the golf, do yourself a favor and stop off at Mozafiato as well and have some food. Uh, Shane is absolutely incredible, one of the nicest individuals you'll ever meet as well. And unbelievable food that comes out of there. It's so, so good. And he got to play today. Yeah, he was playing, yeah. yeah. Any, any idea how he did? He had a good day. He was playing with, uh, with CJ Duplessis and James Kingston. So as far as groups go, that's pretty decent. Yeah, I think they're probably swapping recipes for, <laughs> for swing thought. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to see a snake in the course today, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, also. It was uh, an exciting day. Lots, uh, lots of good golf and uh, lots of entertainment around the course as well. Yeah, well, uh, by the time uh, some of you listen to this, uh, the winner will already have been crowned. But uh, where we are now, uh, still one round to go at the beautiful Serengeti for the fourth event of the Sunshine Tour 2021. Richard, Mark, thanks so much. Uh, we'll catch up with you out there. Welcome back. Okay, so we've chatted to JB Creer. Thought, why not uh, get two more members of uh, the folks that enjoyed the fourth round here at Serengeti. And we've got Lyle Rowe and Steve Surrey. Uh, firstly, how did it go out there today, Lyle? Yeah, it was pretty good, thanks. Um a solid round, uh, managed to climb a few spots, have a chance tomorrow. Climb a few spots, having a look at the leaderboard, I mean, you, you tied for second, uh, five under for the round, taking you to 11 under for the tournament, just one behind Yaku. Yeah, no, um, no solid day, put windy out there, so, but used to that coming from PE, so yeah, I think it helped me a little bit out there. Yeah, it's great to chat to a fellow member of PE, we all know how to play in the wind. If you can do something at Humewood, uh, you can do something anywhere. And, and you certainly did that uh, today. We spoke about the amateur side of things because it is a pro-am. Yeah. And I actually heard Dell mention it on air today. Dell Hayes. He goes, oh, yeah, I know who, who Lyle's playing with. Clinton White. And I was like, oh, Because wow. <laughs> I know Clinton White also. Another fellow yeah. Port Elizabethan who, if I'm not mistaken, resides here at Serengeti. What is it like playing with uh, a couple of mates? Yeah, always nice playing with people you know. It obviously helps relaxing a bit more. Um, you can help them help them out, say, obviously help them with a couple of lessons and they won't take it too badly if they're playing well or playing badly. So I suppose it does help with um, relaxed, relaxed golf out there and then just in terms of general banter, always um, a bit handy. Uh, I mean, and Steve, obviously you're here from... Uh Oh, member on the Sunshine Tour, but you also go back and play when COVID allows. Uh, I mean, what has what, what your experience of Serengeti been like so far? Uh, yeah, it's been great for me because when I first came over, I practiced here eight years ago. So it's one of the courses I know more and the grass is quite similar to the grass back home. 
um, although it doesn't seem to be helping me much this week. <laughs> well, I mean, if we look at the scores, uh, obviously there was a, a massive red herring, something different this week that uh, you don't usually encounter, and that's that you played a completely different course for one day. What was the, the par 3 challenge like yesterday? Uh, I struggled a bit around the par 3. Um, yeah, it was just quite different uh, sort of environment, I suppose, for us. Uh, and it's also quite tough for pros. Like We don't really score that well on par 3s compared to, say, par 5s. So once you drop a couple of shots, it's quite hard knowing there's no real gimme birdie chances coming in because they're all par 3s, which is quite tricky. Yeah, and, and, and it's not, uh, in all fairness, it's not the easiest par 3s either on, on no no <laughs> i mean luckily they moved a few tees up because i think there's two or three par threes at sort of 270 280 from the backs which Jeez. luckily they moved those mm. up a bit so so you're saying james hart might have had to use a pitching wedge maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it been like so far Lyle? i mean back in action of course we, we come in after the scourge of covid uh now we're on the, the fourth event on the sunshine turf of 2021 and I think hats off and kudos must go to Thomas Tapt and, and the rest of his team being able to put these great events together yeah. despite the fact we have experienced what we've experienced through uh, COVID-19. Yeah, we're very lucky. Um, Sunshine Tour, like I say, four events. Not many people get to play. Steve back home, they, they're still in a lockdown, no sports, no gatherings, anything like that. So for us to be able to play four events for money, for livelihood, I mean... Thomas and the team have done a great job. Obviously, new sponsors, stuff like that. So, yeah, we take our hats off to Thomas. Um, and any time we get a chance to play is a bonus. Steve, we, we mentioned Whistling Thorn with the par three part of uh, the event. And that stretched it to, to five rounds, obviously. Are you feeling it now? Because ordinarily, you'd be packing your bags and enjoying your winning check. Or now you've got to wait for another round? Uh, yeah, it's not too bad because we sort of had the day off before the par yeah. three. Um, so it's quite nice and par 3 sort of is not, not the same as walking around mm. there so uh, no I felt sort of alright today yeah, yeah we spoke to Mark Renwick a, a little earlier and we keep on singing this course's praises because it really is a beautiful setting and you say that the, the conditions very similar to what you find back home in terms of the actual course with the grass uh, but yeah in terms of the setting won't find many like these over in the UK. No, no, I mean, it's great out there, you know. It's a stunning place to come and play golf. Um, it's good fun, sort of quite, quite wide off the tee, but you've got to avoid the bunkers. Uh, and then quite a few holes of waters and stuff, so it's a good test of golf. Not many bunkers out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Derek, do you know what the, the fairway looks like? <laughs> Actually, Derek posted a tweet today. Um, I'll show you the where, photo. Where Yaku Alice was in the... The rough, and he's like, "Oh, I know that part of the course." <laughs> yeah, because because this is actually my home the course. Local, saw, yeah. yeah, so this is my home course, and I said, "Here's the photo," and it's, uh, it's Yako yeah, looking yeah. for his ball, and I said, "Yeah, the coverage of the fourth event in the Sunshine Tour at my home course, Serengeti, has been superb. I didn't recognise a lot of the magnificent greens and fairways, but I immediately knew the spot yeah. that Yako Alice discovered." <laughs> I mean, I mean, so, but as Derek just said, there were four events. I mean, we had uh, Royal Johannesburg, we've had Danefern. Ibotzi and Serengeti, four very, very different challenges. Um, and I know we're sitting at Serengeti, but they're not listening right now. Which, which one was your favourite of the four, the four leg? Uh, yeah, for me, obviously, this course, um, just generally the condition of the course is superb. Um, the facilities, the hospitality, the just I suppose the, the whole event itself is just world class. Uh, for me, it would be this event, but I mean, all fair play to other courses for having us and having their courses in good nick themselves Steve? Yeah I think all the courses we've played have been good um, I'll probably Royal East is probably my favourite favourite course because it's a little bit more suits my game a bit more tree lined and um, sort of got to be a bit straighter off the tee uh, but then this is probably the course I know the best out of the four we've played so far Yeah it's an interesting dynamic when we talk about Serengeti because you speak about Royal East and I mean that's a, a proper Johannesburg Parklands course. This is an estate course, but not. it doesn't feel like it because you don't have the estates on top of you, and that's no disrespect to say Danefern. I mean, you can feel that you're going in, in <laughs> down the middle of someone's uh, front garden, so to speak. Not so much here. They're quite far away, and, and it, it plays very linksy to me. I mean, I love it because I find every tree in the world. <laughs> Luckily, you don't find many trees out here. No, no certainly around the greens, there's lots of, sort of humps and hollows and runoffs. Um, Especially with sort of the grass being a bit finer, you can hit 
say off Kikuyu, generally just hit a lob shot, open the face of a lob wedge and spin it. Whereas here you can chip with a six iron, a pitching wedge, a lob wedge, putter. So you've got a lot more options. Obviously on the course, we spoke to Mark about it. The, the eighth is a, a signature hole. It's a beautiful hole. It's a, a great challenge. And as amateurs, we're just looking to try and get over the water, land on that island. But then you followed by that little devil called the ninth. Yeah. What, what's your ninth been like this week? Uh, for me, I've struggled on the eighth. Um, had a dip at it today, but had a dip in the water. <laughs> uh, but the ninth hole is a quality par three. I think it's probably one of the best around here at the moment. Um, yeah, it's just the morning hole. Fortunately, I've played it fairly well, I think, all pars. But, um, yeah, it's a proper tough hole with the wind and the creek up the left. Yeah, I, I was saying to Mark earlier, I have an uncanny ability on that hole to find the water. Yeah. And and once or twice, I've actually missed the water. I've even missed it once on the left. Oh, this side, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all the way over on the left and I had to chip on. And, uh, I, I mean, I'd love a par there right now. No, it's certainly a strong hole, especially um, sort of today with a bit of breeze and... I forgot what day of the week it was now, but the second <laughs> round. Uh, I was playing that when it's raining. Right, sort of yeah. had to hit a four iron sure. just to get to the middle of the green, whereas normal, like today, I hit seven iron because it's a bit downwind. Afterwards, I mean, we, we, we caught the both of you on the putting green. One of you were putting very hard at work. The other one <laughs> was taking photos, we'll say. Um, but, I mean, what, what would normally happen? End of the day, let's say today was actually round three. I mean, how much time would you spend now on the court ironing out things or... Uh, would there be a call to the pub or would it just be straight to... Uh, no, normally, I mean, it's a bit different. It's obviously, yeah. pram format, so you'll stay and have a chat with the guys for sort of half an hour, have some food and stuff. And most of the guys will probably chip up or hit a few balls after, but only for an hour or so. Depends a little bit how you've been playing. And obviously, this is a long week, so I don't think the guys will be doing sort of too much practice after. Lyle already mentioned the fact that he played with a couple of mates. Uh, what was uh, your playing partners like? Uh, I can imagine you'd be as diplomatic as possible if they weren't great. No, I'm having to brush up my Afrikaans because they're both <laughs> Afrikaans and so is the other pro playing with us. Uh, but no, they've been good guys. They're good fun. Everyone I've played with, in I think it's the third or fourth time I've played this, so it's been like a great laugh. And most of the amateurs play most years so they understand the format and they understand that Whilst we're here to have a bit of a laugh, we're also here to concentrate on our own. Mm. When it's our own shots, to concentrate on that. So it's a nice environment. Playing on Whistling Thorn, was that a bit of a leveller, playing uh, amongst the amateurs? Uh, I think, yeah, obviously for them, uh, obviously the forward tees and stuff like that, mm. I could see the scores were very low. I mean, some guys, I think, shot 20 under, which is ridiculous Jeepers. around there. So, yeah. But I think, yeah, just in general, it's obviously something different mm. to what we're used to playing. But, yeah, it's... I think it would help a couple of us to bring bring the leaders back to us. Well, uh, I think, gents, we're going to wrap things up. Before we do, uh, do that, we're going to ask uh, the Raider Golf Awesome Foursome your dream four ball to play alongside. And it could be anything from famous people to family members. Mm. Actually, not family members because no one knows who they are. No offense. Yeah. Uh, some famous people. I think, obviously, Tiger for me. Um, Bobby Locke, my dad, managed to play with him. But I've heard, obviously, a couple unbelievable stories about him and then uh, I'd have to throw my old man in there just in case <laughs> Steve uh, I think I'd go obviously Tiger probably Ben Hogan and Arnold Palmer lovely it's, it's different generations yeah jeez uh, Arnold Palmer comes up quite a lot he does eh? he does oh, uh, you know when we spoke to James Kingston and Henny Otto they both uh, brought up Arnie yeah I think he just seems like such a cool yeah. cool friendly guy does so well, I used to do so much with sort of if an amateur won a big event in America, he'd write them a personalised letter and just oh. cool stuff oh. like that, I think. That obviously means so much to the guys on the receiving end of it. And Arnold, I mean, obviously memories of Arnold will always bring back memories of, of the Masters and playing with Gary and Jack. And we know the Masters is in a couple of weeks' time. Get you to put your head on the block. Who do you think, uh, as an outside bet that I won't hold you accountable, but I will go to my friends at Betway and play <laughs> something on it. Who, who do you think? Uh, I think Westwood's been playing some good golf. But he has played a lot of golf running up to it. So it depends on how fresh he's feeling. But, I mean, he's been playing as well as anyone around the world recently. Yeah. Did you see how he lost to Sergio? Yeah. No, it was a bit so. of a shock, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and yourself, La? Um, I always fancy Paul Casey around there. He's a quality ball striker. He obviously just needs the putter to warm up. And I think he's, he'll be there or thereabout.
Two Brits? Wow, okay. Yeah. So, so you heard it here first. Uh, Justin Rose also might be in the mix. Uh, who knows? So we've got to throw in a South African connection somehow. <laughs> yeah. Joe Bergborn, Justin Rose. <laughs> and uh, seeing as we talk about current events, uh, we spoke about it with the guys a little earlier. The Kevin Nard, Dustin Johnson affair. Did you get a, a catch of that? Uh, no, I've seen a little bit on Twitter, but I didn't actually see any of the... I heard Kevin Nard was being a bit hard work. Yeah, so, so what happened was Dustin Johnson missed his putt. And he left uh, a couple of inches short, and he just picked up the ball right. as a gimme yeah. without getting the concession first from Kevin. And Dustin picked it up and walked off, and Kevin went to him and put his hand on his back, and he said, listen, don't worry, I'm not going to make a meal of it, but just please in future first ask. Uh, I would have conceded it, but ask first. I thought that he, from what I'd heard, my playing part to say that he did, he claimed the hole or something like that, but is that not the case? No, 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 okay, he didn't claim so the hole. Yeah, no, so they took the half, they yeah, took the half, okay, and, uh, uh, but Richard made quite a good point, we had Richard Maspero yeah, a little earlier, and he said, uh, I think a lot of people, they're more upset by the fact that uh, Kevin hammed it up, and that he is kind of a, a show pony, so to speak, and, and he did it on, in ca- on camera, where he could have done it on the side. Yeah, I think sort of, when you say you're not going to make a meal of it, then why bother saying anything in the yeah. first place? You know, or say something after the round and just for future and reference. You yeah, they were both out, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they both they both out. Kevin, Kevin won one up, I think. Yeah, yeah, but he was out. Yes. Really, so. mm. Gents, it's been an honour and a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck for the fifth and final round here at Serengeti. Right, thanks for having us. Thank you us. very much. Yeah, cheers, cheers, guys. Right, so that wraps up the show here at Serengeti, the fourth event of the Sunshine Tour. There's still one round to go from uh, where we're speaking, but uh, yeah, when you hear this, you'll probably know the winner. But uh, yeah, what an event, Ty, and what great guests. Absolutely, Derek, and and as you say, uh, the Sunshine Tour will be going on a little break after this, but we have the Masters coming up, and we know how important the Masters is to South Africans. So uh, there's no, no way that Raider Golf won't do something for that. So keep looking out for something there. And of course, uh, hopefully everybody is listening to this either before or after Lyle has gone and won it. Because uh, then we are creating some great uh, vibes here on the show. Yeah, and that's no offense to Steve whatsoever. I don't think Steve's quite near the leaders, uh, unless he has an ex- exceptional day uh, in the fifth and final round and everyone else has a disaster. But uh, either or, whether it be JB Creer, whether it be Steve, or whether it be Lyle, we'd love one of our guests to go on and win the crown here at the Serengeti Pro Am uh, on what is the, the fourth event of the Sunshine Tour. And. We spoke about prizes heading up to the Masters, and I know he hasn't agreed to it yet, but I don't really care uh, because I'm going to put it, put him on the spot, and I'm going to give away a four ball coming up to Whistling Thorn here at Serengeti. How about it? Let's do it. So you can win. What you have to do is you have to go on our Instagram. You have to find a, a Raider Golf post about the podcast, share it with your friends, tag who you would be in your four ball. Yes. That's how you do it. Just tag who would be in your four ball. Make sure you're following the accounts, and if you're picked, you win. And of course, uh, yeah, it, it does help if you live in the Johannesburg or Pretoria area, because then it's just uh, a quick chip and a pat, pat to, to make it through. If uh, not, uh, it's worth a flight to take it on. We keep on speaking about this course. Never mind the signature course, which is spectacular in itself. The Whistling Thorn Par 3 Championship course is unlike anything you'll play in South Africa. And now you'll play it... Having watched the pros play. Yes. You know, that, that extra special feeling, and that's well done once again to Supersport. That feeling of watching, uh, you know, James Hart on the 17th, watching um, Steve Surrey on the 12th, watching Thomas Aiken, you know, you know, watching whoever it was you watched and knowing that they've played this. And there you are, you're putting it. You know, I felt that the first time I got to play Gary Player, you know, that was the course back then because of the Nedbank Golf Challenge. And I feel it when I play Serengeti, having watched uh, the, the, the Tour Championship and having watched the Pro-Am. It is extra special and Whistling Thorn will give you that to you. Yeah, and not only did they play it, but a lot of them struggled. I looked at some of those scores and I thought, geez, I could have actually beat some of these guys when I played on my birthday uh, about two or three weeks ago. Granted, we played on very different tees, uh, some of which were like 30, 40, 50 meters difference. So, yeah, certainly that was a bit of a leveler. But you can better the scores that you saw over on Supersport 
covering the fourth event of the Sunshine Tour. Do it. Tag your friends. Make sure to share the post. And a four ball could be coming your way, courtesy of Serengeti and Mark Renwick. Thank you very much, Mark. Uh, I know we haven't run it by you, but uh, we're going to make it so. And Derek, speaking of which, uh, on Monday, and uh, some of you will be listening to this later, the Monday straight after, they are playing here, played like the pros. They play the Sunday setup like the pros, and, and Raider Golf will be playing. But Derek, if you had a choice, which golfer around the world would join your four ball? So it's you and three other golfers. Three other golfers? Yeah. Uh, okay, I would go with Ernie Els. For obvious reasons, uh, he he loves his wine, and I think the 19th hole would be spectacular with him. And he's a South African legend. Lee Westwood, big fan of South Africa. He looks to be playing very, very well at the moment, and he really enjoys his golf. Ah, who would be my fourth? Louis Oosthuizen. Got to be Louis. Uh, talk about a man who loves his wine. Another one, and uh, we all see how much fun he has once he puts down his clubs at the end of the fourth. Absolutely. What a four ball. I don't know if you will finish 18 holes, <laughs> but you will finish 18 <laughs> bottles for sure. And yours? Yeah, I think uh, Ernie would rally right at the top. I mean, as a South African, I mean, I, I now stay up and stream the Champions Tour whenever I can. Uh, and I, I bought a subscription on the Golf Channel just so I could watch Ernie play the Champions Tour. Um, so that's how much of a fan I am. And when I met him, he was also so cool. Mm. So, so cool. So. Ernie, I'd love to spend 18 holes with him. I think going outside of South Africa, I think just for sheer like awe, for me, obviously, growing up watching Tiger dominate, he's not my favorite player at all, but just that aura. Mm. To be with the two of them, and I would choose a, a very left-sided uh, uh, third pick just because I think he would be an absolute riot on the golf course, and that is Phil Mickelson. Mm. I, I and I also think I could beat him in a dance-off, and I have no rhythm. And the fact that you'd have Tiger and Phil playing against each other, known enemies, and I think they give as good as they ta- get uh, when it comes to... I don't think the match, that famous the match, quite covered it in terms of the banter that goes in between the two of them. No, and not just that, Derek, probably the two greatest short game players mm. uh, you know, in the last 20 years uh, is, is those two, and then you've got... Ernie, the big easy. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm a lot more like Ernie, except uh, not half as good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to go back to that podcast. I know I mentioned it last time, but Butch Harmon, when he was on the Barstool Sports uh, interview, and they're speaking to him about Phil and Tiger, and they said because Butch coached both players, and they asked him, do you think Phil would be slightly pissed off the fact that he 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 played his best golf during the Tiger era? because obviously he couldn't achieve as much as, as he could have without Tiger being there. And Butch was forthright. And he said, no, make no mistake. The reason why Phil was as good as he was was because Tiger was on the scene. Tiger forced Phil to be a better player. And the camaraderie and the banter and the rivalry that exists between these those two players, uh, yeah, you, you can't buy it. And it's clear to see, and I think being on the same course as those two, with Ernie uh, to round off uh, a spectacular football would be Majestic. What course would it be on? Uh, I mean, for me, the dream is Augusta. Yeah. Obviously, it's got to be Augusta. Um, after Serengeti, of course. Yeah, I mean, after Serengeti. I mean, after Ibotsi for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, Derek, yeah, like, I mean, that's what, what sport is about. And, and, you know, Ernie and Tiger had that rivalry. Phil and Tiger, even Ernie and Phil to a degree, and starting on the Champions Tour now. And rivalries are something special. And, you know, it's, it's where I actually quite like Brooks because uh, Brooks Kepka looks like he wants to start a rivalry with mm. Rory, even though he says he doesn't want to. This is what we want. We want these these competitive edge things when they're in the final four ball. They're not hugging each other. They're fighting it out. It's great viewing. It's exactly like you and Richard when you play golf against each other. There's so much. Oh, wait, that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> um, but it's exactly what we want. And, and that's what golf is about. It's about the camaraderie. It's about the challenge. And it's about having a beer together afterwards. 100%. I'll be back here at Serengeti to play those 18. Post my 110. And uh, enjoy my beer afterwards. Uh, Ty, I'll see you out the course uh, very, very soon. Thanks as always for joining me. It's been a great show. Thanks uh, for you guys and ladies uh, for listening up. Remember, we will be back. And remember to enter to win for yourself. That four ball courtesy of Serengeti at Whistling Fawn. There's no course like it. From me, cheers.